to the Family Movie Night podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. This is episode 45, and we are here discussing uh, the really fun uh, action-adventure movie, Free Guy, from 2021, which is about a bank teller who discovers that he is actually a NPC, a non-playable character, one of the background characters in all your video games. And he lives inside a brutal open world video game, uh, a la Grand Theft Auto. So uh, this is a movie that stars Ryan Reynolds and uh, is just a ton of fun. And we're going to be talking about it for a, in a little bit. But first, I want to introduce my wonderful co-host, the hero of the podcast, Donnie Dorsey, who earlier we were talking could easily be Ryan Reynolds' guy, but we think, uh, Donnie, you, you are much more our Lil Ray Howery uh, as Buddy, uh, just just the not only the comedic relief of this podcast, but let's just say you're the heart of this podcast, man, just like Buddy is the heart of this film. So, Donnie, how are you doing today? I'm feeling good. You know, I, I feel like I'm bringing, you know, the heartbeat back. You know, it's like a couple beats per minute, you know, we're here. We're here to uh, flow the blood. That's right, man. You got to keep it pumping. You got to keep us going because, of co- co- course, the heart murmur of the podcast. <laughs> the villain of this podcast. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be our new one. The heart murmur. The, cr- the carotid artery. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> of this so far, podcast. Sawyer, I love you. <laughs> Sawyer Hewlett, how are you doing today? I'm good. I like this movie. Uh, so yeah. I, I don't I don't have any villainous things to say about this movie. You at least get to have kind of a comedic villain, Taika Waititi, uh, who is uh, who at least gets a few good jokes in this movie as our villain. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I love Taika Waititi. I also love Dude. Dude is also oh, d- a villain in this yes. movie. Spoiler alert. Funny. But I will say this, dude quickly turns from villain to one of the best heroes of the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that when we get to it. But then, of course, we have the mom of our podcast, Heidi Cooper. You are uh, literally pulling real world mom and aunt duties today. Five, five this weekend. <laughs> five kids five in the house. <laughs> yes. How are you doing? Are you surviving? Are you surviving? Alive? Yeah, I'm alive. I'm surviving. Coffee is grand. <laughs> yes, but you are. I know you are excited to talk about this movie. Yes, it was super fun. I loved it. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But first up, Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell everybody what we do on this podcast? Yeah, so on this podcast, what we do is we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories, start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. And, you know, movie nights are great opportunities to do that because. Movies are not just an easy way to share laughter and joy, you know, fear and sadness in a safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful, memorable with our children. And uh, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you could watch on your monthly movie night, but uh, give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you can have with your children during or after the movie. 
And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add one more thing to your list of things to feel guilty about if you don't get done as parents. We just want to make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together so that you can build memories and have conversations that matter. So throughout our conversation today, just remember that we want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus with your kids. Well, and uh, today we have a really fun movie to talk about that will be uh, a part of this uh, whole idea of really sharing your love of Jesus with your kids. Uh, we do want to just let you know up front, we try to do this whenever we know we're copying uh, or, or covering a movie that has some content uh, that might be a little too uh, mature for your younger kids. This movie is a definite PG-13, uh, not necessarily for, um, uh, it's too much gratuitous of any Anything. There's really no sex in the movie. There's uh, there's no, uh, I would say, heavy violence. Almost all the violence is cartoonish, right? I mean, I, I think so. Very much. I would video. say so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, it's more the humor. Uh, there are certainly some things that are joked about um, that are more of a adult content, sexual content at times level that uh, probably will be over the heads of some of your younger kids, but definitely that preteen, early teenage uh, that may uh, leave you with some uncomfortable moments. Uh, no judgment. All of my children watch this, so I will not judge you if you watch it with your kids, but we want to let you know because we don't want you in an awkward situation where your kid may look at you and go, what did that joke mean? And then you have to have a conversation you weren't prepared for. We want to help prepare you. So uh, we would suggest this is definitely 13 and up, I think. Is that what our suggestion is on this one? Okay, so uh, let's talk, though, about Free Guy. With all of that in place, what is it that we enjoyed about Free Guy? Let's go ahead and start uh, right here with uh, our triple bypass surgery. Uh, Sawyer Hewlett, uh, what what is it that uh, you enjoy about this movie? Uh, I enjoyed a lot about this movie. Um, and, like, I would... So, here's the thing. Ryan Reynolds is kind of an acquired taste of humor. That is a taste that I have acquired. I really like Ryan Reynolds' humor. I don't know if he's an acquired taste. Sawyer's trying to protect me. I don't like Ryan Reynolds. I think most okay. people like Ryan Reynolds. So yeah. I, I am in the, I am in the, I appreciate Sawyer trying to protect me from all the heat that I will yeah. get. I do not enjoy Ryan Reynolds. Give him the heat. Is, he deserves the heat, Sawyer. Don't don't take his back. Yeah. Don't take his back. Just but, let him uh, have the heat. Heidi, is it is He's that what you, is that what you enjoy about Ryan Reynolds is his humor? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just watched the Ryan Reynolds movies for the articles. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh no, I, I really like this movie. I like I like I was about to say the uh the Ryan Reynolds aspect, I, I love him in this movie. I love him in a lot of movies, but this movie, this movie is an extremely Ryan Reynolds time is the thing. Um, and I, I really like it. Um, really like the humor. The action, like Nathan, Nathan said it earlier, it's really cartoony, but it's also like it's in a live action world that takes place in a video game. And, and the movie does a good job at making all of that feel cool. Because I think about a movie that came out a couple of years ago called Ready Player One, a movie that at the time I kind of liked, but now like I look back on it and like, like, A, I read the book and I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is so much better than the movie. But also, this movie does video game action in a movie way better than that movie. Um, and and I, I really enjoyed that. Um, I also 
This movie has an exceptionally good supporting cast. And a lot of these like tentpole big budget movies, like we just need the big actor and they're going to carry the movie. And Ryan Reynolds does carry the movie, but there are other characters thrown in. Joe Keery is in this movie and I really like him. Jodie Comer is good. I don't necessarily love her character, but she does a lot really well. Um, Taika Waititi is really great. And Ryan Reynolds makes an appearance as a second character named Dude near the end of the movie that is just fantastic. All right. So I thought Dude was Ryan Reynolds in a bodysuit. I think it's CGI, isn't it? It's not C. I mean, it's CGI and that they replaced the face. That's a real person's body. His name is Aaron. Yeah, Reed, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just replaced the face. Yeah. Uh, and he's like this a bodybuilder. May, yeah, this may not be helpful for Aaron Reed. Uh, your body looks fake. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was convinced it was like some kind of suit that they had him wearing. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's a wonderful moment in the movie. But uh, Heidi Cooper. Well, and. And even sorry, just to keep just to piggyback on what you were talking about, Sawyer. Even the part where he gets his nose broken, where he takes the glasses. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, how long are they going to have him walking around like that? Like after he walks out, I'm like, oh no, let's fix this face. You know, like it just looks so real. So yeah, I'm totally, I'm totally with you on that. It was, it was amazing the the um, way that they brought it video game violence to life. It was yeah. Actually, yeah quite quite cool so heidi what 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 is it that you enjoy about this the ryan reynolds stan herself uh, oh yeah man um there's so much i really do think that his character is so funny like when he he's just so chipper but then he like wakes up and you know his his, uh, keeps waking up when he's uh, regenerating every time he dies and stuff that that was hilarious and um just i think everything i mean really there's so much that i liked about the movie i loved buddy's character i um i loved um uh channing tatum's character that was he was probably my favorite um yeah even the mom of the the video oh yeah the mom of the twitch streamer or whatever yeah (laughs) yeah i said this off camera but when she said you're 22 and you live in my house there is no god yes (laughs) yes that was a hilarious like that before (laughs) absolutely that was hilarious so yeah very funny very fun very fun uh donnie dorsey though what what do you got to bring to the table here what is it you love about free guy well, I mean, as the heartbeat, I think it, my favorite part was by far the simplicity the movie dealt with handling very complex emotions and situations. Like, they dealt with a lot of deeper, like, emotions and stuff while also being able to balance that in a comedic way. Yeah. And like, because you I mean, you, you're dealing with someone who's realizing that there's more to the world than what they've seen, and now they're embracing that. But they do it in such a comical way, but also a way that has so much heart that you can't help, but kind of want to follow along on guy's journey. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. I actually think the heartbeat is what really works for me here. I do think it's funny. Uh, and I do think the action is pretty decent. Uh, I think it's, I think it's fine. I don't think it's anything necessarily on any, on any particular part of this movie. And this is what shocks me. I really like this movie. I can't tell you what it is that I like that much because there's a lot that frustrates me about this movie. But I've watched it now twice, and every time I walk away going, "That was good. I had a good time with that. That was a fun. That was a fun kind of movie." And I do think if if you if if I was kind of pinned down asking, I think it is the heartbeat of the movie. I think it's a very um, 
sweet movie in a movie yeah. that could be uh, more sarcastic than it is. I think it's one of the most earnest uh, Ryan Reynolds performances. I think yeah. it has the least amount of kind of his veneer um, of kind of, um, um, and I think what doesn't work often for me about his comedy is he's always a little bit above things poking down at it, which yeah. when you're that handsome, <laughs> yeah, that's a problem because you're above <laughs> everyone. So it feels like you're punching down all yeah. the time. Um, yeah, it has such a relatable air to it because yeah, like everyone has felt at times that they're just going through the motions. Yes. And like he, he made you go, Hey, you're not alone in this. And it's like, yeah. Hey, I'm like Ryan Reynolds. This is well, great. <laughs> well, and he's very sincere. All of his emotions are kind of on his sleeve. His desire is on his sleeve. He's he, all of that. I think just works so well in this movie. Yeah. Um, and um, anyway, that's that's kind of where I want to leave it. I think there's some re really good well, moments. And, and Go to that point, Nathan, like I think, like I don't know, a movie that quite honestly I kind of like, but I don't like the franchise it's in at all. Hobbs and Shaw. He's the villain in that movie. And it's like a very prototypical Ryan Reynolds performance. And it's humorous and he's really cynical the entire time. Yeah. And this movie, I feel like, is a departure from the norm of Ryan Reynolds. And that he and, and you said it perfectly, Nathan. He's so sincere. And but and that's so against type for Ryan Reynolds is the thing. Yeah. So I that worked great for me. Yeah. Not unless you watch some of his older stuff, like his uh his rom-coms where like there's some really heartfelt ones that he has in his uh, catalog. Oh dude, the proposal is so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think there's a lot of really good moments in this movie and I think it works uh, by and large. Uh, and uh, we really though think this movie, what works so well about it is the themes that give you an opportunity to really have good conversations uh, with your teenagers at this point, because this is really who we're pushing this with. And I think it really fits more on the teenage spec spectrum of things, which is uh, this is a movie that's a lot about what do you do with freedom? What do you do when you have freedom? Uh, and because uh, so Ryan Reynolds, the name of the movie is Free Guy, right? Which actually has like multiple meanings because you've got at one point in this movie, they're actually trying to free guy. They're trying yeah. to get him to freedom. But at the very beginning of the movie, uh, he is set free and he's woken up to realize every character in every NPC, which are the non-playable characters, they're the characters that you as as the avatar, as the video game player interact with in the video game world right yeah. and they all have scripts that they live on and you've seen this if you played any of video game where every time you go to a character they say the same thing and they do the same action and they have one goal which is to somehow help this player and he ends up getting woken up he ends up getting in this world it's the glasses that the uh that the playable characters wear he's able to get it and kind of see the uh heads up display like what what you would see in a um video game that kind of gives you the controls of the world around you yeah. and he's able to kind of wake up and see i don't have to live by the script i've always lived and i can be in control but what happens is all the playable characters so all the real world people who play in the video game they have all this freedom because they realize they're in a video game but the way they use their freedom and even guy at the beginning of the movie really uses his freedom is for selfish purposes. It's to yeah. get more money, to get more points, to win this stuff. And the way the playable characters use it is they're killing the non-playable characters. They're stealing their stuff. They're brutalizing people. They're sexualizing people. They are, they are really 
using their freedom to indulge in what the Bible would call indulging in the flesh. Mm -hmm. And Guy eventually has this great moment. And this is really where I want to start our conversation, actually towards the end of the movie, where he has a conversation when Guy finally realizes, oh, I'm living in a video game. Because for the first, what, like 45 minutes, hour of the movie, he doesn't even know it's a video game. He just thinks, I've seen these like secret parts of the world. He doesn't realize like there's a world outside the video game. And then it becomes real to him, like this isn't real. And so he says to his friend, buddy, you know, maybe this isn't real. And uh, Donnie, you read it earlier. Do you have that quote up of what, what Buddy says back to him in that moment? I'm trying to remember. Um, oh, like what's more real than a person trying to help someone they love? Now, if that's not real, I don't know what is. Right. Buddy's response is basically this idea of what is real mm -hmm. is the relationships we have. It is the way that we love people, the way that we serve people. Now, obviously, our life is not a video game and we're not living in a simulation. So, reality is God. So that's where we have to really shift. The reality is God mm -hmm. and God is love. And yeah. so reality really is this love of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit that we get to take part in. And so that's really kind of a heady concept. I want to get to this idea of how do we use this movie to have a conversation with our teenagers about freedom and really what freedom is for is not to indulge in sinful things, things that hurt other people, things that use other people to get what we want, but really to have that moment of, I want to help people. So Donnie, you want to start us off? I think, I think you're, you're the master at this. So let's get going. Well, I mean, I think it does a really good job of when it talks about freedom. And the idea is that we kind of view freedom in this way of, I get to do all the things and like it may be like, oh, well, like for a kid like that's going to college or like, oh, I get to be out on my own and, you know, go to all these parties and do all the things my parents told me not to do. But a lot of time, freedom is much more than that. Freedom is the choice to sometimes choose others over yourself. It's the idea of moving forward when things are difficult or finding joy in difficult times or you know, like freedom is much more than what the world tells you freedom is. It's like, hey, freedom is like you get to do anything you want, but you also have the freedom to do things that impact others as well as the world around you in a much bigger way. Well, it's the thing I know that uh, when Donnie and I used to lead uh, a group of juniors and seniors and we would talk about the kind of like the Christian sexual ethic, right? Mm -hmm. That the idea is that sex really is just for a man and a woman who are married to one another. They're committed in this relationship. Um, we would talk about this idea that what the, the, the sexual ethic of our age is basically this idea that if two consenting adults who want to do anything or honestly – the sexual ethic of our day, if you have children, you may want to cover their ears, is more than two adults. Any amount of people who mm -hmm. consent and say, we're okay with this, that as long as it is done uh, and everyone's okay with it, then it's fine. And the truth is, if you are to say to anybody, uh, if they are to say to themselves, hey, I want to do this thing, there's this desire in me to do this thing, and I tell myself no, I'm repressing myself. I am keeping myself from freedom. I am repressing myself. And if you tell me I shouldn't do something, you are oppressing me. Yeah. I have a desire that you're telling me I shouldn't live. Up. And I, that's the kind of 
sexual way. That's the way our world lives with anything. If I want to spend my money and you tell me you think that's a bad idea, how are you? How dare you oppress me? Or if I don't do it, I feel like I'm not living life to the full. And mm-hmm. there's a way in this movie. That's what we think the point of a video game is, is to indulge all of those things. I don't want to get into the morals of whether you should play Grand Theft Auto. Full disclosure, my wife plays Grand Theft Auto a lot. So <laughs> I'm not judging anyone who does. But my point is to say, uh, to indulge in these kind of things, right? That's the idea. You go and you indulge, you do whatever you want. And there's this feeling of that's what real life is. Well, in this movie, there's this moment where it's not just the non-playable characters who are playing by script. What Guy reveals is these people who have freedom, the playable characters, they're also living by script. Because there's a moment, and I want Heidi to talk to this because I know she loved this moment, where a surprise cameo uh, Channing Tatum shows up and he says to um, the guy, uh, to Guy, oh, I've never thought about not killing these people. Like the people who live by the do whatever you want, that is also a script. That isn't freedom because eventually the thing that you did in freedom takes captive of you. And Paul mm-hmm. says that in the book of Romans, you indulge in your sin and then you become a slave to it. You're no longer free. So Heidi, can you talk about how this movie introduces that idea of kind of being held captive to this? And maybe there's a better way to live. Once again, it's about video games, so don't leave it on there. But talk about how we can talk to our kids about, hey, you may do these things thinking you're the one who wants to do them, but really you're now in this kind of addictive, really lifestyle. Can you talk to that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think, I think that thing that, um, well, first of all, it's never a bad idea to put Channing Tatum and Ryan Reynolds. Let me just throw that out there in one. Yeah. It's never a bad idea. So that's Heidi living according to her flesh. I just want to throw that out there. This is Heidi living according (laughs) to her flesh. I'm making and I'm well aware of what I'm sacrificing on the back end. But no, I think that's kind of the thing we were talking about earlier is that like, you know, I have like a, a interesting perspective of having one adult child and two younger children. And so I've got two that are constantly wishing for that someday when they have all these freedoms and what, um, I remember my husband, um, he's my oldest stepson. And when he came into the picture, one thing he used to always say is that nothing is actually free, that everything in life is a trade-off. And so like what you were talking about, Nathan, you know, with like, when we think that we have these freedoms, when we think that we are being oppressed or we are repressing our, um, our feelings or things like that, a lot of times it's because that's what wisdom looks like. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing we can kind of take away from this type of scenario. Like tell our kids like, Hey, yeah, you know, like you might not have thought about like being the good guy in a bad video game. Like this is all just like fun to watch. And it's really, you know, it's really interesting and it keeps you like kind of engaged the whole time. But the bigger picture is that wisdom thing. Like what, what is, what, what am I losing on the back end by choosing this on the front end, you know? So I think that's kind of the thing that goes back to what you were talking about in Romans and how, you know, it, it, you know, we, when we choose to live the way we want to, then we are choosing to not live the way God wants us to. And that, that's definitely not as Christians, what's best for us, nor is it what we truly should want. Right. 
Well, yeah. I, I know I've used the phrase before that if you, and I, this isn't original to me and I don't know who it is. So it's hard to say. I want, it sounds like an Andy Stanley type thing, but it might be John Ortberg or one of those guys. But the idea is if you misuse your freedom now, you limit your freedom later. And like the obvious example of that is if I misuse my freedom now to break the law when I'm in prison, I that that limits my freedom, right? And obviously that's an extreme example. But it's the same thing. If I misuse my freedom now to buy whatever I want and I go into debt, I am limited later in my freedom to buy what I want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's a good lesson to teach our kids. Donnie, you look like you got something to say. So I had a, it's interesting. I had a conversation with uh, my oldest um, this week it, that kind of references that whole point is that I said, you know, something to the effect of like, well, you're choosing to do this thing. And their response was, I didn't choose to do that. I said, and I paused, I said, okay, when you pick something else over what you should be doing, whether you're consciously choosing it, it is a choice to not do what is best for you. Right. And so they were looking at me like, oh, because it's always this mindset of going, oh, well, it's just, oh, well, I didn't choose to do that. Well, all the decisions you did that led up to that moment, those were choices because you chose to do another, you had another option, kind of like going with Heidi was talking about. It's like, it's that going, you say, okay, well, this is what we could do, but this is what we're choosing to do. This right. is what we have the option. This is what available, but we're going to go with not wisdom, but we're going to go with what our what our feelings are or what we feel like we're being repressed of. Yeah. You know? Well, and I think, Donnie, that's a good example of how we do this younger. I mean, I think we talk about this a lot, but how important consequences and boundaries yeah. um, and, you know, rules, if you want to call them, are for young kids. Because what it does teach them is every action has a consequence. Mm -hmm. Every yes comes with a no. Like every, every, every choice that and so to reuse the statement I said earlier, if I misuse my freedom now, and this is what you were saying to your daughter, right? Mm -hmm. You misuse your freedom to choose, and now you have limited choices over here. But the mm -hmm. other is true too. If I choose to repress myself, if I choose to limit my freedom now, it's reciprocal and in larger ways, I somehow get way more freedom on this end. Mm -hmm. And every adult knows that. Every adult knows right now I am living under the weight and consequences of decisions I made when I was 13, 18, 25, 30. I'm wearing those, and it has limited my abilities, right? We talked about sexual ethics, but financial is the same deal. If I, if I have no savings, if I have no ability to control my retirement, if I have all this debt in my life right now because of freedom I indulged in when I was 18, I am now limited in what I can do. And the only way to teach that to our kids is to help them understand this is not mommy and daddy just making rules. This is a law of the universe. You reap what you sow. There is no way to get around it. And right now you live under mommy and daddy's roof. And so we may even have, and I've said that to my wife, sometimes our decisions are just arbitrary. I don't have like a... This is just my house. Like, so one rule in our house is when you're downstairs, you, if you're going to be loud, you have to go to your room or go outside. There is no option. And so we have a room in our kit, you know, in our dining room, they can go in there and color and play with Play-Doh and all the different, you know, Legos and those different kind of things. But if it gets too loud, 
you have to go upstairs. That's just the consequence of being too loud. And they're like, well, I don't think that's fair. You don't get to decide. And I go, I do get to decide. I do. I pay the bills on this house. Like I do. And I don't have to have some like moral reason. I'm the one who makes. And so if you misuse your freedom downstairs, it yeah. limits your freedom of where you get to go in my house. Now you've got to be upstairs in your room. And you still get to play. And it's not some mean daddy. But I know a lot of us as parents, we go, God, that just feels so mean and so harsh and so whatever it is. But I'm teaching my kids, use your freedom wisely. You know, and I, so that's for young kids. I Obviously, the older Go ahead. Yeah, no, I just wanted to go back to what you said, because I think it's really important that parents point this part out. This isn't just like a God thing of sowing and reaping. Like right. he points it out to us. He makes it known to us, but that's just him doing us a favor. This is like a universal thing, just like gravity. We live in a world where consequences happen for whatever we put out. So, and I want to like take it a step further for the parents who might have some like uh, kids who are like some of us or like some of, you know, um, the people in our lives where you get paralyzed by making decisions. And all of this just seems so overwhelming. But I'll take it a step further and say inaction or not choosing is a choice. And so right. if we can talk to our kids about that, you know, just understand how your kids operate. Cause you know, there's going to be a lot of kids who, um, who they almost, um, get paralyzed in making choices as they come up to adulthood because it is overwhelming because they see the consequences because they get all this stuff we're talking about and it feels really overwhelming, but for them, there's freedom in this because you tell them, hey, this is life and we're going, you know, you're going to keep on moving forward. You're going to have to be responsible for yourself, but you're going into it with some wisdom ahead of, you know, ahead of time and so, and some apprehension, you know, so, so yeah. that's not a bad thing, but you know, we, it, yeah. So I think it's just really important what you were saying. Um, I wanted to make sure that we kind of circle back to that and like make that like kind of the foundation for the conversation. It's like, this just is a thing. You can't yes. get around it. Is whether you choose to serve God or not, you will have consequences for whatever actions you have, you know, and we see that all around us in the world. And so I, I definitely wanted to circle back and highlight that. Well, and even in small ways, there are ways we can do that of, and I know this sounds so just opposite of our world. And maybe that's good because maybe it's more kingdom. I don't know. But intentionally limiting my kids' choices, the younger they are, and going, these are the things you can choose from. You don't get to choose from everything. And so even like to the, my wife and I intentionally set, not for financial reasons, we set a limit on these are the amount of kids you can invite to your birthday party. These are the ones. And you've got to make choices on who do I want to invite? Because, and any parent knows this, if I say you can invite everyone you know, they're going to invite everyone they know. And I know there's this feeling of, well, that's what they should get to do. But and this is really important in my household is you need to understand every choice, every freedom comes with a responsibility because here's the problem. People, I won't just take children, teenagers who get to make choices without any responsibility of those choices, without bearing the responsibility of those choices become what apparently our whole older generations think everyone younger is. It's entitlement. It's I should get whatever I want, because making the choice is the hard part. Making the choice is not the hard part. The hard part is bearing the responsibility of your choices. And the more that we can do that, so I'll take a tiny example. 
when we go to the restaurant, my kids order their food. And if they can't order their food, they don't eat their food. And I have one kid, I, we just, I don't get them food. The choices you hear and here are the choices and you don't get to order anything on the menu. You can order from the kids menu and here are the choices, pick your choice. And I had one daughter who I thought one day, I thought she ain't going to order this food. She's going to sit there and every other parent's going to be like, oh my God, he's not feeding his children. But the idea is this is the choice. And then we do this. And then you can go up to the drink machine and I'll go with you and you can pick out one drink. We're not doing refills. You can do one drink. And occasionally I'll have, Daddy, I don't like this drink. Okay, choose wisely next time. This is your drink. We're not changing it out because you don't like it. And I know, and I'm not saying you have to follow this. I'm giving you an example of, this an idea of what maybe limiting choices looks like is to say everything bears one. And I know there's a way in which this feels like this is not a spiritual issue. But I believe everything is a spiritual issue. And my training my body to understand every action has a consequence is me learning to love Jesus. Because as Heidi already said, when Jesus comes and says, judge not, or you too will be judged, this isn't saying God is going to judge you, so watch out. What he's saying is this is a law of the universe. Do you want to live in a universe where everyone is judged according to what they do or don't do? No, you don't want to because you don't want anyone to judge you. But if you become a judgmental, critical, hard-hearted person, that is how everyone else will judge you because people are not kind to judgmental, hard-hearted persons, right? And the same is true for reaping and sowing. It's a, and Jesus is trying to say, hey, because this is the way the world operates and I'm the one who designed the world, I'm going to tell you, well, that makes me love Jesus because now Jesus is telling me the secrets of how to live. And But if I teach my kids, you can get whatever you want and do whatever you want, then they will grow up thinking, why isn't Jesus doing that? Jesus doesn't love me. He's restricting my freedom. He's telling me what I have to do. And that's a whole yeah, different I'm I'm like doing so many head shakes and yep, yep, yep over here <laughs> with my mute. But um, I think everything you're saying is so spot on. And another thing I would say is like for us parents, like just a call to the parents, me most of all, like I'm the biggest center of all in this, um, not sparing them the consequences when they come and especially yes. as our kids get a little bit older and they're making choices outside of the realm of like what we are you know you know in involved in even just like middle school kids late elementary kids where they're at school and you know they get to choose their groups of friends and things like that um you know that those types of choices uh that that come with consequences when we want to jump in and we want to fix it, we want to give them all the answers and, you know, solve all their problems, then that creates a 16-year-old who's going out and drinking and driving. I'm not saying, you know, that this automatically sure. is going to happen, I but I'm saying that these are the kind of scenarios that you come up against in no time at all um, when you look at your little kids and you think, oh my gosh, I just want to protect them. And like I said, I'm like, you know, I'm so, I'm so, I struggle so much with this. And so I'm not saying like, it's not something hard, but I just, I know for me, it's, um, it's been really insightful, like ha allowing my kids to experience some pain sometimes from their choices because they shift their thinking, you know, and that's yeah. something that's so worth it, no matter, even if they have to like suffer a little bit. 
Well, I think it's been a really good conversation so far. Uh, I want to kind of shift just for our last little bit. Uh, the, the What we've really focused on now is trying to help our kids realize that freedom is not freedom to indulge in everything I want, but it really, it's not freedom uh, to do whatever I want. It's freedom to live like Christ. And there's there's this moment in the movie and um, that, that both times really spoke to me is it's the moment when he's got everyone together. Guy gathers all the other NPCs. And it's a really funny moment. Like there's the guy who he's like, always got his hands up because he's always getting robbed. And he's like, you can put your hand down. You know, and he's like, the, I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't put my hand down. It's a really funny moment in that. But there's this moment where Guy says, the uh, Ryan Reynolds character says, um, and I don't remember how he says, but he basically says, are you tired of just like living on autopilot? Are you tired of just kind of, oh, I think he said being being a passive viewer of your life. That you just, you just, that things just happen to you. You're not involved in deciding what happens in your life. And I think there are so many teenagers that this is where they live. I think there's a lot of adults that this is where we live. But I think teenagers, by and large, this is where this kind of starts to wake you up to, you know, most of my life. Everyone's made decisions for me. I haven't been able to make any decisions, but now I'm 16. Now I'm 17. I'm starting to make decisions. And there's this thing where he kind of wakes them up and goes, life is more than you think it is. And every time I feel, and I feel it in my spirit, and I don't know, did you guys feel it? Was that emotional for you when you heard him just kind of making that speech? It's emotional for me hearing him kind of talk about waking up to this new kind of life. And every time I hear it, it makes me think of the invitation of the kingdom that that really is what Jesus is doing. He's going, there's a way you've always lived. There's a way that you lived in your desires of the flesh and your way of this world. Jesus at one point says, come to me, those of you who are burdened uh, and in need of rest, that you're stressed out because you're just living these patterns that everyone else is living, right? He talks to worriers. He talks to people who are stressed and he just says, come to me. Um, and I think this movie gives us a chance to really say to our kids, hey, that's the invitation that Jesus offers. It isn't this invitation to limit your freedom. It really is, as Paul says in Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ set you free. It is to be free, but it's a different kind of freedom. Sawyer, you look like you want to say something. Yeah, I mean, I, I really vibed with that scene. I wouldn't say I was like getting emotional during that scene, but that... For well, me, that's you, you were already in cardiac arrest. Very true. I, I was dead about 20 minutes before that scene hit. And that's so, true. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I like that scene. And, and that's kind of how I watched this movie. Once I first time I saw this movie, I was very on the fence until that scene with the themes. I was like, geez, this movie is kind of like a downer. I don't know what this movie thinks it is, is the thing. And then I figured that out. And, you know, like, it reminded me of like, yeah, like Jesus wants to set us free, honestly. And we can't really, we'll never go into detail on this movie, but like it reminded me of like what Morpheus is talking about in the Matrix when he's trying to free Neo from the Matrix. And I feel like it's very reminiscent of that, where we're literally like, regardless of whether or not like we originally chose to be and stuff like that, we're slaves to this world and stuff like that. And Jesus offers us this opportunity to get out. And that doesn't necessarily mean that life is going to be easy, but it means that life is going to be real is the thing. And I feel like that's the life that, you know, guy is like trying to find. He's not trying to find the easy life because I feel like at the end of this movie, it establishes like it's kind of a chaotic world that they live in, but it's the realest version of it that they can live in. And I, I just, I really like that vibe. What were you going to say, Donnie? <laughs> 
So there was a, a quote that kind of resonated and I kind of forgot about it when I was kind of looking at some stuff, but there was a quote that said, I'm just a love letter to you somewhere out there is the author. Mm. I don't think there's a better way to describe the way that Jesus came to earth for us is that I am a love letter from God yeah. to let you know how much I love you. That's right. And, well, and I'm, he is both the letter and the author, right? Exactly. And I'm yeah. like, that's, I'm like, that's, that's yeah, that's a beautiful moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Heidi, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, just like, you know, what Sawyer was talking about and kind of going back to what we've been saying this whole time, like God uh, in the Bible, um, Paul talks about like all things work together for good. And yeah. I think that it's, it's like, oh, that sounds, you know, fine and fun and whatever, maybe God's good, but it doesn't seem like my good. But like, we live in a world, like we said, universal, um, universal uh rule of consequences but in the kingdom those consequences can be for our good and i think yeah. that's kind of what you were talking about sawyer like you you know have the these we are we die you know every day we yeah. live in a world of death and consequences but those things can actually work together for our good if we choose to do life with god and that's you know that's the that's the freedom we find through, you know, through life in the kingdom. Yeah. And I think when you get to it, you know, the thing that we talk about here and we've said it a lot, but I think it's important. I try to, I've heard this quote and it, it really stuck with me for a long time that sin is not wrong because it's immoral. Sin is wrong because it does not line up with reality. In other words, it doesn't deliver what it promises. Sexual freedom promises you that you will be fulfilled and you'll have an exciting life. But anyone, anyone who is honest, who runs down that road at some point looks at themselves and says, this feels empty. If I, I, I now have baggage that I carry around with me that doesn't leave me where I want financial freedom, the same way promises me this exciting life, but I'm just left with debt and I'm left with things that I don't even care about. And sometimes I'm left with greed in my heart where I care about things more than I care about people. And just on and on it goes, right? Revenge promises me that I'm going to get justice, but revenge is a cheap form of justice. It isn't justice. And over and over and over again, if sin is wrong because it doesn't line up with reality, it does not give us what we uh, what it promises, but Jesus always does. Jesus is faithful to his promises. And whatever Jesus tells you, is real freedom. And so I, th I thought about this, the message version of Galatians 5 when, when we've been talking. And I just kind of wanted to wrap up with this idea that this is really what we're trying to get to our kids from an early age or at the teenage years or as they're starting to develop a love for Jesus. And I think this movie, honestly, I feel like this kind of encapsulates this movie. This is the message translation of Galatians 5, starting in verse 13. It says, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to, to a free life. Just make sure that you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in love. That's actually how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word is summed up in a single sentence. Love others as you love yourself. That is a true act of freedom. If you bite and ravage each other, watch out. In no time at all, you will be annihilating each other. And where will your precious freedom be then? My counsel is this, live freely 
animated and motivated by God's spirit, then you won't feed the compulsions of selfishness. For there is a root of sinful self-interest in us that is at odds with a free spirit, just as the free spirit is incompatible with selfishness. And so I think this idea here is really what we're trying to get into. And that's when he goes into this long list of what it's obvious, he says, what the kind of life that develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all-consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper, an impotence to be loved or to love anyone, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a, into a rival, uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions. He says, I could go on. And then he gets to the part that everyone is where he, he lays out the fruit of the spirit. But life with God looks like this. It's love and joy and peace. And then when he gets to the end of all of this beautiful picture of life with God, he says, there is no law against these things. And a lot of times we read that, we don't even know what that part means. He's referring to the part he was talking about freedom earlier. These are the things you're free to do. When you're done, when you limit your freedom as far as what you do, that is wrong and sinful that God tells you not to do. When you say, I'm not going to indulge in what, what my flesh says to do, you then suddenly become free to be joyful and peaceful and patient and kind and good and gentle and faithful and self-controlled. And there's no law against those. So you can do whatever you want once you're doing those. And that's what we want to get to our kids is life is not found in doing whatever you want, whenever you want. It is life controlled by the spirit. That's a choice too. And so we think this movie at least opens the door for that. Or if nothing else, it's just going to be a fun time with some of your teenagers. I think they're going to have a great time with it. So we will see you guys next time uh, when we are talking about another really fun movie. This one will be for your kids. Uh, and I think your teenagers will like it too. But we think it'll give you great conversations to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you then.